Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Off the Woodwork podcast as part of the end-to-end.online website. I'm joined as always by Stephen and Anthony, and we're going to go through, we're going to have a look at the recent week of fixtures in the Premier League, and we're also going to touch on some other stuff as well, especially to do with a very particular championship side. But uh, we'll go back to first round, the round of fixtures. Uh, and how did the week go in terms of predictions? Because it's been a very weird week for games. Okay. So if you recall from last week, we were on, well, Stephen had got 12, right? I got 13, Matt, you got nine. So I think it was 17 for Matt, 18 for me, and 20 for Stephen overall. <laughs> this week, in last place with six points, is Matt. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, you didn't do well. Six points. Then in second place with 10 points, it's me. So I have 10 points. And Stephen is once again out in front, and he got 15 points. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> like I say, oh. we, there's a lot of games where none of us got any points. But Stephen, you got quite a few right scorelines. You got um, Norwich Brighton. No, yeah, you got Norwich Brighton correct. You got, um, got the Burnley game correct. Burnley, Burnley Palace correct. You got Burnley Sheffield correct. Jeez. So this was total point really, uh, now. Bring, a, uh, bring it in for me this week. So the total point tallies are Stephen in first place with 35 points. I'm in second place with 28 points. And Matt, you're in third with 23 points. Oh, I'm not there. That's a shame. I think I was, I was top in the first week, weren't I? You were tied really... for top with Stephen. Oh, I've had a really crappy couple of weeks. How the giant yep. has fallen. And to be honest, by, look, by looking at the, my predictions for the next uh, for, for this week, it's... It, it, I've taken a lot of gambles by the looks of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of the score lines we got really wrong. Like, you know, yeah. we got United, um, uh, Bournemouth wrong, we got Newcastle. And, like, basically, yeah. so many games we just completely. Like, I mean, if it, I'm, I'm looking at the fixtures now. So, I mean, there were some very weird results this week. A lot of results we weren't expecting. Um, off the top of my head, Chelsea, West Ham, 3 2 to West Ham. Not happy, obviously. Uh, Liverpool losing to City was another big shocker. Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, Matt. I completely erased that from my memory. Yeah, I'm sure that's why you haven't put it in the list to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we also got um, another a surprise, uh, considering what we all thought it was going to be, was Wolves losing to Arsenal at home two 0 because uh, we yes. all kind of back Wolves, didn't we? So there, there has been some interesting since, our, uh, since our last podcast on Arsenal when when I told you they'd only won two games away, they have since won two games away. <laughs> Yeah. So since since our conversation, they have beat Southampton and they have beat Wolves. Two, two teams, which, yeah, that have been two of the better sides since you know lockdowns. Especially because Southampton got a, in, a got a good result uh, yesterday yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty mad. Um, but the first, I tell you what, the first um, game we're going to talk about, um, I think a team that have kind of gone under the radar a little bit recently, um, and that is Carlo Ancelotti's Everton, who beat Leicester two one. Um, Everton have started off pretty well, haven't they, Stephen? Yeah, I just think um, he's just got this team like really solid. Like that, I don't, they haven't conceded many goals, have they? So, I think yeah, the most no, they I conceded mean, in the game is probably that one. I don't think they've conceded mm. more than once in a game. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I was me and Nat were just saying before the podcast started. Everton have always been this team that should do better with the team that they have than they have done, especially. I'd say what last five years um, but it looks like Ancelotti who is a class manager is finally starting to get a bit of a bit of a kick out of the Everton side what do you think Em? 
Yeah, well, Everton have got a decent amount of money behind them, actually. That's the thing people tend to forget. Like, Everton have invested a lot in their club and it's, they keep disappointing. You know, they've brought in so many players for decent amounts of money. And then finally, you've got a manager who's getting the best out of them. You've got, you know, Rakalson, Calvert-Lewin, who are one of the better attacking duels in the league. You know, Pickford's playing at a, Europe, like a European level, like Europa League or something. And... Even Michael Keane's improving. Like it's, they've got the third best left back in the league. Apparently, I read a report that both Chelsea and City were looking at uh, Digna instead of Chilwell now. Um, I wouldn't the price. say no. I wouldn't and say that's no. my point. Yeah, I think Luca Dean got... is one of the most underrated left backs in the world, actually. Absolutely. I think he is so. His ability to cross and to just bang it you know, from a free kick, he is incredible. Like he is basically what Leighton Baines was a few years ago, you know, just that yeah. threat, that crossing mm-hmm. threat that. I think he could com- comfortably sit into a Chelsea or United back four at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, especially especially yeah. how bad our defences. Have you got anything more to say about Everton? Yeah, just like I said, impressive result. They clearly wanted it. Um, and it, it's interesting to see now, like, you have to wonder if Ancelotti had come into the team earlier. Like, if, he'd been, if he hadn't been in Napoli and come in a bit earlier, could Everton be a much more serious European spot contender right now? Like, looking at the way Arsenal and Spurs are playing. But. It's, 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 it's hard um, I'd say since he's been in Calvert-Lewin has um, really lived up to uh, the potential that, that, he, that you could see that was going to come so um, I'm, it's, giving it's a, I'm giving a real out of left field prediction I think barring any serious injury if he continues to play as Calvert-Lewin will be going to Europa 2021 I wouldn't say no. He's scoring goals. Um, the only problem is obviously he'll have who's going to be in front of him he's going to have um, Danny Ings potentially it's going to have Harry Kane, obviously. Um, Tammy Abraham. Abraham. Abraham is hasn't been great lately. I could I could see an argument yeah. about Calvert Lewin over Abraham, to be honest. Because um, Abraham got more consistent playtime this season. Yeah, and Abraham Abraham's job at Chelsea is only going to get harder because he's going to have Werner coming in, and he's also got yeah. Giroud. Um, and I'd I'd rather have Giroud playing than Abraham. There's some way. really there's some really good young English players at the moment. Will there's Calvert there's uh, Calvert Lewin, and there'll be others we will be discussing in couple of, in a game or two at a time uh, you know mm. what I'm talking about most, almost certainly but yeah oh, that's, yes. um, but yeah <laughs> um, that's but I mean Leicester okay Ever, Ever, so yeah Everton won the game Leicester continued their very lacklustre start to the um, lockdown period of games being reintroduced uh, what, what do you make of Leicester's team at the moment what, why have they fallen off because I thought they were cemented third place but now it might look like they won't even get top four I think they've never that they still have that Mares shaped hole in their team. Um, yeah, obviously when they won the league, Mares like he can just turn a game for you like that. He's just so skillful. He can just pull you know stuff out of nothing. And I think you know there's a certain other Algerian winger playing in the championship who might want to bring him. Oh, I was so, waiting for you to try and bring him in at some stage. Think, you know, Saeed <laughs> Ben Rama, the next. The, I think he's going to be as good as Mares to be honest. I think he's got the potential to be as good, if not better. How old than Mahrez. is Saeed Ben Rama? Is he 23? Yeah, around the 22, 23. Yeah. And, yeah, He's playing I think, very well, obviously. I think he, he would get in over Harvey Barnes, honestly. I think he would. He is so I good. Quite like Harv- I quite like Harvey Barnes, but, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Um, obviously, for those who don't know, Sai Ben Rams got a hat-trick for Brentford uh, the other day. Mm-hmm. Pushing and their hopes of coming up. He's just so summer. skillful. Like, you just you can't take into account players like that where they can just pull stuff out like you just don't expect like he can just rainbow flip your defender like it's nothing he can just mm. do crazy stuff like that and I think that's what Leicester yeah. are missing at the moment that real 
flair in their team. Yeah, I mean, I'd say they've got a solid midfield, but yeah, I'm right. You're right. Maybe um, a couple more wingers um, could be good for them. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Yuri Telemans. I think he looks class. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. I, him and I, I Madison. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd argue Leicester's team at the moment is just as good as the team that won the league um, all them years ago. <laughs> I'd honestly argue it's better. Like, I think, I think the better, I think that team had better like top players. So, like, I think Fardy yeah. was better that season. I think Maris and Kante oh, yes. were great. But yeah. I think if you look at the squad overall, I'd say the squad. In, I'd say the back four general, especially stronger. Yeah. It's general. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you there. Uh, Pereira is amazing right back. Very good. Yeah. Well, he's looking good. When you think about um, like fullback duels, like City and United and Chelsea, they might have they might have like a good right back, but they don't have a good left back or a strong left back. I mean, Mendy's getting a bit better for City, but he's not quite that level right now. Um, but you look at Leicester's fullback duel, and they've got like Chilwell's second best left back in the league. Pereira's one of the best right backs in the league as well. You know, you're looking, you've got really solid foundation there for them to build on, and in the They've still got a lot of that Maguire money, if I'm not mistaken. Because they bought yeah. two Mans before they sold Maguire. Mm. Um, so they have a, a lot of money to invest in that team if they do it wisely. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see them dropping off massively going into next season. I think they'll still be top eight, top seven, depending on how well our teams yeah. do. So I I think, if I was a Leicester fan, I'd still be quite hopeful. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, the crazy stat I saw was until their game against... Um, Palace, where they won three 0 After they lost to Everton, they'd won just one of the last ten games. Mm. Which, when you think about, I think Leicester had such an impressive first half of the season. Yeah, and now they've just stagnated. It's almost the opposite of Everton, who had a very poor first half of the season and a much better second half. I'm I'm disappointed in Leicester because, I, like you said, I was yeah, sure I they were third place finish, and now I'm honestly yeah, now, not playing. Yeah, United to serve top four more than Leicester do right now. And that brings us on to our next game. Um, yeah, Man United have been playing very well recently. Um, obviously, the, the signing of Bruno Fernandes has been instrumental to their winning ways at the moment. They beat Bournemouth 5-2. Um, which I, I've got a crazy much... stat for you boys quickly, just with yeah. the Bruno Fernandes. Since, since his first game in a United shirt, United have not lost. Oh that God. sums it up, don't it? He's, he's, they've he's drawn, they've won, but they've not lost. Yeah, um, and even though they conceded two goals against Bournemouth, um, and it shows that the defence is still quite ropey, at the moment their attack, um, and the way they're playing in attack, and it's all starting from Bruno Fernandes, they're playing very well. Um, Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, as I said on, pre- I think on a previous podcast, that Man United had just been missing that creative spark in their team, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Bruno Fernandes has just filled that hole. And um, if um, I think also Martial has stepped up recently as well. You can't count him out. He's been putting in some decent performances recently. So, yeah, Martial yeah, in the but... past, he's been a bit inconsistent. But if he can, because we know he is good. We remember yeah. that debut game against Liverpool. He scored that amazing goal. We know he has the yeah, talent. Of course. But he just needs to keep, um, but, yeah, he needs to get that consistency going. Because if he can play at a level we know he can play at, he is yeah, really yeah. dangerous. Uh, the other one I wanted to talk about is um, someone who I think is really starting to shine and look proper top, and that's Mason Greenwood. The player I was referring to previously. I, um, yeah, I did I did assume. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, just Ed? incredible talent. Just incredible talent. And you think about the age he is, and he's already playing at a level where he's, he's on the bench or starting quite a lot. You know, he's 
if you're a United, if you're a United fan who the last few years you've not had much to be excited about right now, looking at the potential team they could have in a couple of years, you've got yeah. to be excited, especially when you have players like Greenwood and Brandon Williams coming yeah. for. Like, I mean, yeah, if they, if they get their defence sorted, then I don't see why they couldn't be challenging next year. They've got to continue um, bringing the proper signings too. I think they've done a better job recently of actually bringing yeah. in players they need rather than just the big names. And if yeah. they, because, you know, Man United now, I think they've had a reality check. They're like, okay, we're not the biggest club in the world now. I mean, maybe in brand recognition, maybe, but in terms of playing, they're not the big team they once were. So now they've got to, you know, maybe bring some players who aren't as well known but can actually improve the squad rather than just bringing in the big names to you know, sell shirts and be flashy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no, to say, I've, yeah, I have to say I've been really disappointed with Bournemouth um, since, since we've come back. I was really hoping that they'd have a good enough team to really fight relegation, but at the moment it's looking pretty gloomy for them. Um, yeah. Again, they've got, they've got the toughest fixtures, I, I reckon, out of everybody currently fighting the relegation battle. So it's not looking great for them. What have you made of uh, their kind of recent... Form and disappointing, you know. Mm. I like I like Eddie Howe. You know, I want um, I want Bournemouth to stay up there. They feel good team. Everyone like everyone has a soft spot for Bournemouth. You know, yeah. Like they're they're not your second favorite team, but they're never a team you want to see go down. They're a team you're always happy to see there, and the fact that they most likely are going down is disappointing. But they've they've looked that way for a while. They've not been brilliant in the transfer market. They've not infested properly. They've kind of kept the same team going when, when the teams around them have been trying to improve. And it sucks. But maybe a stint in the championship might do them wonders. Maybe a season in the championship to try and rebuild and then they come back up stronger. I was hoping the same as you, Matt. Bournemouth would mount a challenge. They'd stay up. But yeah. I don't think they will be anymore. I think they're going down. I think really it's a miracle yeah. that Bournemouth are even in the Premier League in the first place. I mean... They've kind of been overperforming every season, and now I think it's just a reality check that yeah, you know, Bournemouth are not this big club. They are still quite a small club who has just been overperforming. But now it's just the luck's run out, and you know now they, it's their time to go back down to the championship. If Bournemouth, if Bournemouth sell Nathan Ake, right? If they sell him, they'll have enough money to completely rebuild that team in the championship. You know what I mean? Like, you sell Nathan Ake for what is it? what do you think you go for right in today's 40. market? 30, 40, I'd say. I'd, yeah, it, before COVID, probably more. Now around 40, I'd say. Because I can't remember, it was Leicester wanted to replace Maguire with them. And Bournemouth, were like there was talks of like an even more expensive... Um, Chelsea have always tag. been linked to him as well, yeah. If Bournemouth go down, then that could lower his price dramatically. There might be a clause in his contract which says if uh, we, uh, we go yeah, down, they'll have a release clause. And Bournemouth have actually, apparently I've heard they're in quite bad financial trouble, so they might have to sell them. So clubs can kind of yeah. them, you know, break them over the coals mm-hmm. a bit and try and shake them down for as little as they can mm. get. So yeah, no, it's not looking promising. Um, moving on though, Wolves versus Arsenal. Arsenal beat Wolves 2-0 away, a result we were all surprised with. What did you make of that game, uh, Stephen? Yeah, just um, I don't know. Arsenal just looked so much better recently, but I think as I said in the first podcast, David Luiz is only really good in a five at the back. And that's what Arsenal played in this game. They played five at the back. Because yeah. in a five at the back, David Luiz's error-prone ways aren't as exposed as much. Because there are two other centre-backs around him to take the, the pressure off him and he can be more creative. And I think in this game, it just worked. Um, you know, 
the five at the back. If you if you're going to play David Luiz, don't play him in a four at the back. Otherwise, he's just going to make stupid mistakes, which cost <laughs> you games. And um, yeah, no, I, I thought Jack looked quite good as well. He looked quite solid. And the youngsters, Saka and Willock, I thought looked amazing as well. So, yes. nice goal, Saka scored. That was, it was a yeah. brilliant goal. Yeah. Mm. What did you make, Ant? I think with Arteta came in, Arsenal have had some areas of improvement. Mustafi's looking less error prone than he did in the past. Which, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about David Luiz, Stephen. I think Mustafi's done a lot to try and earn back some goodwill from the Arsenal fans. Um, I think, like you say, the youngsters are definitely the high point right now for Arsenal. Like right now, with the like the Aubameyang leaving, kind of settling over all the fans. Yeah. The fact they've got all these young players like Saka, like Willick, like even Maitland Niles, or sorry, Maitland Niles. Um, they've got a bunch of young players coming in who want to play for the the badge on the front of the shirt, and you see that like. Saka and Willock might not be as as great as like the some of the starting players in the other top teams, but they give their heart. And even Martinelli as well, another great youngster. If Arsenal can get use these young players right, you know, you're looking at a team who really should be doing better than they are. Mm-hmm. And to look at Wolves as well, just to move because on this game, like you said, we were all surprised because we all predicted Wolves to win. Because I think we can all agree Wolves have been the better team this year. Probably the better team over since they've come up. Um, yeah. Yep. But yeah, Wolves, I think, looked a bit tired today. They just didn't look uh, today, that game. Uh, they just looked a bit complacent. But every team has off days, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't wor- I, if you're a Wolves fan, you'd be disappointed losing to Arsenal. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much. You can't win every game. I think Wolves are going to bounce back fine. I think they're not in any trouble. It's just every good team loses a game every now and then. I mean, Man City just lost to Southampton, you know. Do you still think Wolves will be fighting for uh, top four? Do you think they'll take as much fight as Chelsea and United? I I still think they've got a lot of fight in them. Chelsea dropped points against West Ham. Leicester have been dropping points. Man United are the only team who haven't dropped any points since the Tottenham game. Um, mm. You know, Wolves are bound to slip up eventually. So, like, United Wolves are the ones put on the most pressure. I think they're probably going to finish fifth. And if Man City don't get Champions League this year, they could be Champions League. I think they're Leicester, honestly, they're just playing so bad. I think they're going to yeah. slip down to sixth. I honestly wouldn't be shocked. I just, they've, they've won once, you know, since the, it's come back. But <laughs> Wolves, United, and Chelsea have all looked better than them. Yeah, um, moving on quickly to uh, another team that have kind of gone under my radar recent weeks and I didn't realise they were as low down as they were. That's Tottenham. Tottenham lost again. They lost to Sheffield 3-1. Um, and that's Sheffield's first victory, I believe, since the lockdown started as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, what did you make of that? Uh, Stephen, a defensive shambles. Oh, my yeah. God. The, the, the Moussa goal. Uh, like, they just looked at Moussa. They didn't even bother to go and try and tackle him. They just looked at him. Wide open with nobody next to him, and he just taps it in. That's yeah. just which one was that? Was which second one was goal. that? Was, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, well, yeah. San, if you watch the run he makes, Sanchez lets him get goal side. And I'm thinking, as someone who's played center back in the past and is you know has played football a lot in the life, you're looking at it. Obviously, I'm not a pro, but and by any means as talented as these guys, but you're looking at it and going, How can you, a Premier League center back, let him get goal side that easily? Because it's not like he's coming out of like you know, his blind side. He, like, he fully moves and like Sanchez can clearly see him, but he doesn't register until too late. And you're just looking at it. If you're Mourinho, your first thought is, "I've got to fix this defense." 
I think Tottenham need a complete overhaul in defence. Yeah. They need a completely new defence. Um, speaking on Mourinho, should he be under more pressure than he is? Because when Mourinho was appointed Tottenham manager, his aim and his goal, um, and the, game, the aim that Spurs no doubt would have uh, given to him was to get top four f- finish. Spurs currently a tenth in the table, and it's not looking great. Um, should he What's be the point under gap more between them and uh, Europe spot? Bear in mind, Europe spot could be eighth or seventh, um, uh, seventh or eighth this year. So, if we're saying it's eighth, Tottenham are currently three points off it because Sheffield are above them on that, mm. and Burnley are above them now as well. Uh, big shout out to Burnley. Well done. Um, if it's Wolves and it's, I mean Arsenal and it's seventh place, then it's four points. Um, so it's tight. Yeah. But I mean. Do you think, I mean, this first side shouldn't really be 10th, should they? Do you think Mourinho should be under more pressure than he is? I no. think he needs to be given money to improve the defence. The thing is, he need, if, if he gets his defence that he wants and it still underperforms, then yeah, fair enough. But mm. I don't think he's been given... I mean, have Tottenham signed any defensive players in the January window? I don't think they did. So no, I don't think they did. If they no, can sign a new quality centre-back <laughs> and they still underperform, then yeah, fair enough. But I think yeah. Mourinho needs a bit more time to get the players in he wants. The big problem, in my opinion, is that you're looking at a team that are notorious for not spending big. When they have, it hasn't worked out in Dombelli, for example. Um, they're, they're, they're a team that have been very tight with the money. Um, Daniel Levi is notorious for this. And they've just spent a lot of money on a new stadium. And then uh, coronavirus has happened. So if Mourinho is expecting to get the defence he wants this summer... I think he, I just, it's not happening. Tottenham will, or a kind of team that doesn't go into the transfer market you, that often usually. And now you listen to the equation. The only way they're spending money is if they're selling some of their bigger names. Like, you don't want to say Harry Kane because if they sell Harry Kane, they truly are, and like, a, I'd say, a mid table side, to be honest, Could with some good cool. players. Mourinho deserves more time. He deserves at least a summer transfer window to fully get the team playing his system, you know get time for the training to get in uh, to start working with these players properly because it's much harder going in halfway through a season or even if it's just like 10 games into a season it's much harder yeah. um, so he needs to be given the time and I'm sure they'll know that they haven't they know to like this coming season will be the make or break season for Mourinho yeah and it, yeah. and yeah I mean especially if he gets money to get because I think Tottenham realistically they need a new back four completely um, so yeah it does depend if he gets the time I suppose just the last thing I want to discuss about the Tottenham-Sheffield game. The game could have gone a very different route if VAR hadn't intervened. What do we think of the VAR decision in this game? Truth. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, I'm with Stephen. <laughs> yeah. back. It clearly hit his back. Well, no, it's not even that, Stephen, because in my opinion, it hits his arm. But it's the fact that he's on the ground. <laughs> like, he's falling. He's, like, he's, he's falling and he, like, his, his arm hits the ball and it's, what? Like, you mean like how can that yeah. be given as uh, how can that disallow a goal? It's not like he's purposely handed it. It's not like it's you know. I mean, we're talking about crazy off um, VR decisions. There's also the one in the West Ham Chelsea game, but yeah, I, there, there was a couple of dodgy ones this week. I think they need to sit down at the end of the season and talk about VAR, and they just need everybody to sit down and really think about. But it's just it's the ones that's disallowing. It's the ones that disallowing. Like it's. Some of them are so minuscule. You're like, come on now. Like, you've been... Like, that's ridiculous. Is our players of the weeks in that case. Um, I'll, go, I'll go first. Uh, my player of the week, out of the game 
I'm going to go for Mason Greenwood as my player of the week. I think he's starting to really come through at United. He's scored a lovely goal against Bournemouth and he's just really starting to rise and potentially as well get into the Euro squad for 2021. Um, we're talking about all the other strikers from England and the choices that they'll have. I, I think he'll, by that time, definitely fighting to be one of the main strikers after Kane. Anthony, what's, who's your player of the week? I think I'm going to have to go for it this week and it's Kevin De Bruyne. Watching that City-Liverpool game, Kevin De Bruyne is just, he's on another level to anyone else in the league. The passes he's making to like create chances, even if he doesn't get an assist, he creates the chance that then leads to the assist that leads to the goal. Like his passing is just, it's a beauty to watch. He's, I'm a Liverpool fan and watching my team get destroyed was painful, but my God, did I not love watching De Bruyne destroy us. Stephen, you're playing the week. I have a prediction on who it's going to be, but I'll let you say it anyway. Does he happen to be an Algerian winger from the Championship who I talked about earlier? He might be. He might be. <laughs> yeah, it has yeah. to be side Ben Rama for me. Um, I think that's his second hat-trick this season. Absolutely phenomenal player. I mean, I've run out of words to describe how good he is. He is... He's the best player in the championship, and if he doesn't move to the Premier League this summer, I'm, I'll eat my shoe. Like he's so good, I've got nothing else yeah. to say. No, no, no. Be teams after him for definite. Okay, so make sure to join us on that podcast when uh, Stephen must eat his shoe while we discuss <laughs> the, um, things. You won't be able to see it, but we will, and you'll be. I want to add the caveat to that. <laughs> if Brentford get promoted these days, that counts as a move to the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> so we're now going to move on to our next topic for the day, and it involves a championship team in particular. So it seems only right that this is led by our very own championship expert, a man who's lived in the championship pretty much his entire life. Um, <laughs> that is our very own Stephen Hall. So Stephen, would you like to bring us into our next topic for the podcast? Okay, so I'm going to take on a bit of a journey here of Wigan. Obviously, you may have heard that Wigan went into administration recently. But, you know, for most people, when you hear of a club going into administration, you think, you know, it's just financial troubles. But in this case, there are some shady dealings going on, which could, uh, you know, expose something deeper. So I'll take you through it if you haven't learned about it already. So in 2018, you know, you may have heard of the legendary Wigan owner, Dave Whelan. He sold the club to a Hong Kong um, based businessman called Stanley Choi. He's a professional poker, uh, poker player. And he owns a company called International Entertainment Corporation, which is like uh, specializes in gambling and betting and stuff like that. So in June of this year, the club was actually bought again by a different company called Next Leader Fund. Now, this company is kind of shady. Um, it was it's based in the Cayman Islands. So, you know, immediately red flags. And it was only set up in January of this year. So um, and the. Another shady thing to add on top of this is the majority shareholder of this new company is actually the former owner. So the guy basically bought himself, if you got what I mean. Like he set up a new company to buy his old company. So it's a bit weird. And this new company was given a loan by Stanley Choi to complete the takeover. And they had to, Wigan had to pay back £100,000 a week as part of this loan. And Wigan being the club that they are, they obviously can't afford that. But the EFL were like, this is fine. This is totally fine. And they approved the takeover and saw nothing wrong. So on the 24th of June, this uh, new company was transferred to a new owner. And this guy, um, basically, there's speculation that he doesn't even exist. He's just a fake guy. And a week later, the club actually filed for administration. So what a lot of people believe is Stanley Choi, the guy who bought the club initially, he actually put a bet on Wigan to go down. 
And he actually panicked uh, that they weren't going to go down. So he put the government administration on purpose so they'll get a point deduction and go down. And basically, if you don't know, Wigan have been in really good form. I think they've got the best form, apart from Brentford, in the championship. And they were looking like they were going to stay up. So, yeah, this story is absolutely crazy. Um, obviously, I just want to cave, uh, caveat here. All of these are allegations. This has not been proved. Yeah. So, yeah. So what do you guys think of this? How the hell did the EFL approve this? Obviously, it's, got to take over. It's mental. It, it, I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, it's speculation. But um, there's no smoke without fire. And um, it kind of all fits too nicely. Um Today, recently, The Athletic were reporting that um, Wigan staff wages, including those who have been furloughed, haven't, haven't come for four days. Um, so it really shows that Wigan are in a good place at the moment. It's, it's, it's tricky to talk about it, considering it's just speculation. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just too coincidental, isn't it, really? Yeah. Also, another um, thing I want to actually point out, which I forgot to mention, is that actually... This bet was placed in the Philippines, and people are speculating that the company that facil- can't speak facilitated this bet is actually the sponsors of Wigan's kit. I was going to say, so the yeah. people who sponsored Wigan's kit allegedly facilitated this bet. So Wigan are wearing a sponsor on their shirt, which is basically responsible for them going into administration. So it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty weird sponsorship to have any other time, isn't it? So. Yeah. so. Um, yeah, I mean, so the head of the EFL, Rick Parry, he, he was secretly filmed as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he said that he heard that there was this rumour of this bet placed in the Philippines. So knowing this, how the hell could he approve this takeover? I mean, questions have got to be asked about the EFL here. Yeah, no, what do you think, Ant? Yeah, like you said, Matt, it's difficult to talk about with speculation because there's so much we don't know and there's so much that it's hypotheticals, but... Like the idea of like you know another company being created to then uh, with the same what was it the same person in, like he bought the co- it's basically a shell it? company yeah he created a shell company that then bought his what well, bought it was old company mm. so the owner yeah, they they took over but Stanley Joy who was the previous and he loaned this shell company money to then take it over so he basically yeah. just paid himself I mean yeah <laughs> the, the, the company's that, based in the Cayman Islands aren't they I mean yeah, yeah. when you're in company the, of Harry Redknapp's dog in the Cayman Islands that's when you know it's a bit shady <laughs> yeah like I say it's just it's so odd and it is you have to wonder what EFL like let's be real football especially the the governing bodies there is corruption there there is bias there there is favouritism we all know this you know we've seen FIFA we've seen UEFA um, even the, like the Premier League we've seen it in times with how certain people are treated compared to others with bans and such but you have to wonder if there was once again, this is all speculation. You have to wonder if there was something else underhand that went on. Like the EFL is under serious fire this year alone due to the Burry and Bolton situation, and now this there's got there has to be serious questions asked, and, and then serious just, questions answered. It's a shame. Otherwise, it's just it's another. Worse. It's just another example of a big team being absolutely destroyed by bad administration. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you think Wigan, they won the FA Cup back in, um, what year was it? Was it 2013 or 2012? Something like that. It was something no, like that, 20, yeah. yeah. They beat Man City. And you just think from there, where yeah, they are just now. Fallen. And Bolton too. I mean, Bolton were a big club. And now look at them. They're going to be in League yeah. 2 this season. 
Well, that's the thing. Bolton, in my head, have always been up, like, because growing up, they were a Premier League side. Yeah, they were a solid Premier League team back in, like, what, yeah. 2005, 2006. Um, so, yeah, that, it's, it's, it's mad. It's, it's hard to talk about as well, um, because obviously... Like, none, yeah. of us are, none of us are experts on the financial side of football. You know, that's a whole other degree. It's a whole other topic of discussion. You know, it's it's not simple. It's not simplistic. And it, a lot of football fans seem to think it's easy. You know, oh, this money goes in here and you do this. Like, they don't understand like understand how intricate yeah. it is. You know, like people go with man say, oh, they have like rich owners. They can just put money in here, spend this money here, spend this money here. But no, yeah. but that's what financial fair play is about. It's you have to be able to prove that you're able to spend that money. You just can't have an owner chucking in money. It has to come from sponsors and from TV money. And yeah. you know, you have, there has to be a trail. So that is the problem with a lot of the financial side of it in the EFL. Yeah. It's, it's all ga- it is gambling because owners are banking on their team getting promoted or doing better. Like, isn't it like Leeds as well? Like if Leeds had failed, like Leeds are most likely getting promoted. If they had failed, their team, their club probably would have crumbled as well. They gambled a lot on this season, you know, financially. Mm. And so, it, yeah. So it, yeah, so I just, just, just want to move it on. So in this case, obviously, um, obviously Wigan are probably going to get a 12-point deduction. Do you think, because this is such a special case and there's clearly some sort of foul play going on here, do you think there should be an exception for Wigan and they shouldn't get a point deduction? Or do you think they should apply the rules consistently, even if there's I mean, shady deals going on? I say no. I, I don't yeah. think they should have been given leeway. And I, I know I sound awful for that, but if, like you said, like we said before, this is all speculation. Like there's, this is people have tried to put a story together here, but there's no, there's bits and pieces they filled in the blanks. So we don't know if this is the definite truth. And you can't, if you start letting people off for this and that, like there will always be a, a reason why a team should be let off kind of thing. Uh, I feel if you're, if you're the EFL, you kind of have to be firm and you have to be, maybe you could argue maybe not a 12 point, maybe a nine point or something, but there has to be some form of punishment. But it could be argued that sucks. this is actually the EFL's fault. So it's like the EFL are punishing Wickham for something they let happen. So this is, this is the problem though. If it is the EFL's fault, um, they're not going to put their hands up and say, yeah, it was our fault. Yeah. Um, and not, it's not going to change the wrongdoing. It's it's not going to change anything. I, I I mean, as much as I don't agree, maybe with the points deduction, it's it's, it's probably going to happen, and it will send Wigan down, and everybody's going to continue with the speculation and what they think. But um, at the end of the day, this is football, and it's it's it's, it's not going to change the outcome. In my opinion. like I say, because because if if Wigan are exempt from the ruling, and then another team goes down because of it. And then it turns out, oh, this speculation isn't necessarily true and it was something else. And then that team that's went down and they've lost money, like, they're going to feel like Wigan should have been punished. You know what I mean, you have to stick to the rule, the rules. And I, I know the EFL are, should be held accountable for their mistakes in this, but you, you have to also argue, like, like this is going to, maybe I'm out of turn here, but the EFL had approved it. But wait, looking back on it now, you can argue, oh, but if Wigan hadn't accepted this, and everything like, you know, to begin with, when the, when the club was sold, like this wouldn't happen. Like, there's all these what ifs and what could have been. And I think now you just kind of have to figure out a way to keep Wigan from not collapsing extremely. If they go down, it's awful. But as long as they're still, if they manage to stabilize that ship, they can still climb their way back up. Whereas if they just completely capitulate, 
then that's even worse. And I think that's the more pressing issue now. It's steadying the ship before longer damage is done. Thing is with Wigan though, how the hell are Wigan gonna continue as a club when the chairman's basically done a runner? I mean, there's basically no one operating Wigan right now. How the hell are they gonna buy it out? You know, it's really scary for Wigan. Someone I think. will pick it up. Yeah. So, someone, someone will hopefully pick it up. I, there's the other alternative that Wigan could pull at Wimbledon, and you know, everything come from the fans. I don't know. It's it's tricky. It's, it's like it's, 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 it's like Ferrari and Bolton. It's I, th- yeah. I think I think this run is deeper than just Wigan. I think the EFL has to be stricter in their like the finances and the ownerships and the takeover beds. I think they need to be like they have to be much more serious because there's so many teams now that nearly go into administration or go into administration or could do right now because of the way these takeovers happen. And I think the EFL has to kind of look at it and go, okay, we need to actually make sure that when these people are taking over these clubs. They can actually like support the players, support the staff, support the club, rather than it crumble in twelve months or six months or eighteen months. But who maybe the Premier League could step in and be like, if there's a club there on the brink of collapse, maybe the Premier League could help financially. Or I think, or you think, I think people threw that people threw that around for Bury, and there was a reason the Premier, there was like a genuine reason Premier League couldn't. It was like a because the thing is, if you have one team that's struggling, you're then expected to help every team. The Premier League won't have that kind of money. You know I mean, like, if the Premier League stepped in for Bury, then it would have been have to step into Bolton, then it'd be Wigan, and then yeah, it's, it's, next. And you can't. You, the Premier League has to stay as a governing body. It can't go helping out individual teams because then it's it, no longer yeah. a governing body. It's a bank. I think. I think we'd all agree it has to come down to the 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 championship and those in charge on the boards making sure that the the clubs that are being bought they're not being bought by these kind of companies and they need someone with a, a clean track record. I think that this there has just, to be yeah, tighter regulations. They just didn't vet well, the owner properly. Point. There has to be tighter vetting because, like I say, this happened with Wigan, but then you have to look around with Bolton and Bury as well because these were relatively recently as well. It was this yeah. season, and you have to look at the EFL has to be stricter with these teams. Like, yes, fans might get worried if there's no one coming in right now because the EFL's rejected bids. But if I, if you ask any of the Bury fans, if the EFL had been a bit stricter and maybe they had to wait another couple of months to find an owner that was actually going to keep them afloat, would they, wait, would they have taken those few months of, like, worry? Or would they be where they're at now? Like, you know, yeah. obviously they, they would. And... It's such a difficult thing because it's like no, not many people are going to be coming in for the lower league teams the same way. Not the same kind of people with the same financial backing as the teams that are coming for Premier League teams, because you know you're you're guaranteed money in some form if you take a Premier League team. Any team below that, there is a gamble. Because even looking at Brentford, Stephen, right? And you talk about like money. Brentford signed quite a few players this season. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, but we've also sold a lot. The thing is, Brentford yeah. probably have the best financial model in the championship. We sign players for cheap from lower leagues or random leagues around the world, and then we sell them on. Yeah, like Ollie yeah. Watkins, we signed for one and a half million. He could go for thirty million in the summer. Um, yeah, Neil Morpay, we signed for like two million pounds. He went for thirty million. So we only spend. My... We sell. But that's my point. Let's okay. Let's say the other teams in the playoff picture. Then you may have a team that's got. Good team. They've risked it. They've put a bit more financial um, prowess into it. They've they've they're gambling on they're going to win the playoffs, right? And then they fail, and then suddenly they can't. 
like the finances are crumbling and then suddenly they're going to have to sell the club around risk going into administration. The team plummets down the table. No one's going to come in for that. That's the problem with the, the ownership in general in the lower league. These teams are not the safest to come in for. I, I can't imagine there's going to be many people right now around the world, especially right now, looking at Wigan and going, you know what? I'm going to invest money in that. Well, I think to wrap this up nicely, I just think to conclude that the EFL just need to get stricter. They need to get more serious. I think yeah. just with all this, I think Agreed. the EFL just been lacking. They just slacked off. Yeah. And I think yeah, Wigan do deserve to be punished, but also the EFL deserve to be punished too. They need to be held accountable, maybe le- even legally um, somehow. Mm. But the EFL needs to be held accountable just as the clubs that are going into administration also need, also need the, to be the, accountable. The, yeah. sad, the sad thing is... Um, like you have to look at every other governing body in football and you'll know that they won't be. FIFA didn't like go like sort trying to start sorting their corruption until the sponsors were threatening to pull money. Um, you know, Sepp Blatter was remaining in place until Budweiser decided to go, you know what, we don't want him in charge. Um yeah. and you look at the FA and you look at like just quickly throw it out like Hells were on the FA's hand in that. Yeah, they've stayed clean of everything that's happened. Um you have to look at like the fact that these governing bodies very rarely get held accountable. On a lighter note, in that case, um, we'll move on from the speculation of Wigan, obviously, um, you know, thoughts of everybody who's potentially um, coming under a bad way due to the events at Wigan, all the people who work for the club. Um, but we'll, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll move on to our first section, which of course is our fixture predictions. We've got a lot of fixtures to get through this week. Yes, um, it's quite a big week. It's quite hefty, so we'll go. We'll, we'll get straight underway. And the first game tonight, uh, of course, we're recording this on Monday. Um, so the game tonight, which will probably be out by the time this uh, podcast starts, um, it's Tottenham versus Everton. Um, a very tough game to start on, actually. Um, so, and what do you think? Spurs need a win. They haven't been brilliant. Everton are playing well, but also they're still lack. They still aren't going to be a consistent team. I'm going to gamble and go 2-0 to Tottenham. 2-0 to Tottenham, interesting. Stephen? I'm going to say the same scoreline, but the other way, I'm going to say 2-0 to Everton. I just think Tottenham, Tottenham have just been terrible recently. Um, their defence is shocking. I think Everton will, with the attacking threats that they have, I think they're going to expose Tottenham. So my form has been terrible lately, so I might just try and stick with whatever Stephen says to try and get my points up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm going to do the uh, the other um, result that neither of you uh, have said. So obviously, Ant's got Spurs to win, Steve's got Everton to win. I am going to go for a one-all draw. Um, I think Everton will be playing well. Spurs are playing well, um, and I, I, it's it's going to be a tight game. It's a Mourinho team at the end of the day. It's going to be tight, um, but I'm, I'm going to go one-all. So, one all for Spurs Everton. Uh, moving on, Watford Norwich. Again, relegation uh, battle. I mean, Norwich, you could argue, are already pretty much out of the relegation battle. Watford really need a win, especially with um, the fight coming from Bournemouth, uh, Villa, and um, West Ham as well. I'm going to go for Watford to win this. Um, again, I, I, don't, I don't think much of Norwich at the moment. So, 2 0 to Watford is my prediction. Stephen? Yeah, I'm going to say 1 0 to Watford. Um... Again, I think it's going to be like the Brighton game where it's going to be dull and there's going to be one goal that settles it. Um, obviously, Watford are a bit more attacking than Brighton, obviously, but I don't know, Watford have just not been that good, so I'm just going to go for a 1-0. I'm going exactly the same as Steven. I don't think Watford are going to score many, but I do think we need to win. So, they'll, the Norwich are pretty much going... They're, they're 
all but yeah. going down now officially. Um, so yeah, Watford to win one now and to put it's, the pressure on um, Bournemouth and Filler. It's a tough thing. Watford, um, uh, the thing I picked up with them in the Chelsea game um, last week was that they really don't have much going forward at the moment. Um, and Dini didn't look completely fit. So it'll be interesting to see how well their attack's going to be for the far bit of the season. Uh, but yeah, going, uh, moving on to Chelsea, um, they're away to Palace. Obviously, Chelsea haven't been blowing the world away over the last week, to be honest. Our defence is getting proper dodgy. Um, we've got quite a few problems in that team. Kante's now apparently out of the game, so is Kovacic. So it's, and with the fixtures Chelsea have coming up, this is looking like a really tough game for them. Uh, we don't have a good track record against Palace. So, uh, Stephen, what do you think? Again, I know Palace have upset Chelsea quite a few times in the past, but I don't think they will this time. I'm going to say it's 3-1 to Chelsea. Um, I really like Chelsea. So that guy, I really like Christian Pulisic. So, I'm going to say 3-1. Really? And also, yeah. they've got to concede a goal, so 3-1. Yeah, of course. Cool. Um, <laughs> I was thinking along the same lines, actually. I was going to go 3-1, but I don't want to just be um, constantly copying Stevens. So, I'm going to go for 2-1 to Chelsea. I think, like you say, defensively, they're a bit shoddy, so I don't yeah. see them not conceding. But I, yeah. I think they'll want it, they have to keep the pressure on Leicester and United. Yeah. They can't afford to uh, lose too many more games. So, yeah, 2-1. Yeah, I, I'm really interested by what the Chelsea lineup's going to be again. I really hope um, Zuma starts again instead of Rudiger. I think Rudiger's been really poor since he's come back from injury. Um It'll be interesting as well to see who he starts in midfield with Kovacic and Kante out. I, I reckon probably Jorginho will be back in the team, but it could be Billy Gilmore, uh, depending if Lampard fancies Jorginho, because at the moment it's not looking great. But I'm going to go the same with Van because I am a Chelsea fan and I've got back Chelsea. So I'm going 2-1 to Chelsea because obviously we're going to concede. <laughs> um, Arsenal versus Leicester. Um, Leicester finally got a win on the board, but Arsenal have actually been playing. They've been getting results, actually recently I don't know I'm thinking this one's going to be 1-0 one 1-0 all. One all. Um, I am going to say because Arsenal are at home I'm going to say Leicester are going to win 2-1 <laughs> um, I think I think Leicester are going to finally realise actually we could be slipping out of the top four and they're going to desperately need a win so yeah I'm going to go Leicester to win 2-1 away to Arsenal Stephen I'm going to say 2-2 two, two. um I don't know. I think Arsenal, as I said, they've been good attacking-wise. Um, but defensively, even though obviously they've got a clean sheet against uh, Wolves, yeah, I'm still yeah. not convinced on their defence. So I'm going to say it's going to be quite a fairly high-scoring affair. I'm going to say 2 all. Lovely. Uh, West Ham versus Burnley. I'll start this off. Nil-nil. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I said Burnley 1-0 to win last week and they did. So I'm just going to Go on it again and say Burnley 1 0. I mean, they are the 1 0 merchants. They're going oh, to pop the bus. And I, get really, I really should have waited for your prediction. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> this is a difficult one. West Ham still need to win. I think one more win in West Ham is safe. I'm going to go for 1 0. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll win, but I think West Ham have been playing slightly better since yeah. over the last, since, since they've um, just before they beat Chelsea, they'd start to play a bit better. Um, they, they, yeah. I'm hoping that. I mean, look at Burnley, they're ninth. It's pretty good on them. Uh, but we'll move on. Um, City versus Newcastle, Man City versus Newcastle. I think this will be fairly straightforward. City, um, uh, they'll bounce back from their defeat to Southampton. So I'm going to go 3 0 to Man City. Stephen? I'm going to say 
I'm just going to go for something crazy here and say 4-2. I don't know why. I'm just going <laughs> to be different. Um, just say 4-2 because why not? He's getting cocky now. He knows he's in the <laughs> Fair play. If, and, if, that, if that's the actual scoreline, I'm accusing Stephen of match victim. Yeah, no, I'm fair. He's worse um, than the Wigan owners. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. Um, I'm going to go for 4-0. No. 4-0. Oh, no. uh, another really tough one to go. Sheffield versus Wolves. Uh, let's start with you this time, man. I don't actually know because Sheffield beat Spurs, but they've been quite inconsistent. And if Wolves lose this game, then I honestly don't think they'll get top four. Mm. Um, oh, God, I really don't know. Uh, I'm going to go for 2-1 two, mm, two, to Wolves. 2-1 to Wolves. Stephen? These are two teams that love to play five at the back, so I don't think there's going to be many goals, but I think Wolves are going to nick one. Um so I'm going to say 1-0 to Wolves and that's exactly what I've gone for as well I've gone 1-0 1-0 to Wolves um, I think it'll be a tight game but yeah uh, Brighton versus Liverpool Stephen I'm going to say 1-0 to Brighton ooh interesting I'm, I'm not I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool but uh, Ant what would you reckon you know being the man the Liverpool man well I think like I say, Klopp has been adamant that he wants the team to continue to play properly. And yes, they didn't against City, but let's be real, they were all still hungover. Um, <laughs> I, they, they, played, they didn't start off well against Villa, but they did play better, especially in the second half. Um, and I think Brighton's the team I also think we'll still up against, but we never do. Uh, last time last times we've been uh, to Brighton, we've won pretty comfortably. So I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool. Um, yeah. Everton versus Southampton. I've got this as being a bit more goal scoring than my other predictions. So I'm going to go for Everton to win this 3 2 against Southampton. And? Uh, I'm going the same scoreline, but the opposite way. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be 3 2 to Southampton. I, like you say, I think this could be a high scoring game. Mm. But I think, I think Southampton being, a, I know home is an advantage right now, isn't that much of a thing, but I still believe yeah, in it. So I honestly think Southampton will get the win here. Um, I think just because I don't think Everton are consistent enough yet. So yeah, I'm going to go three two to Southampton. So three two Everton, three two Southampton. Stephen, I'm going to go two all. Two all. Fairs. Yep. So that'd be realized, interesting. I just realised my point didn't make sense. I, I talked about oh, home field, home field. Oh, Everton are at home. Yeah, no, you've said it now, mate. You've said it now. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll stay by. Well, <laughs> I just want to retract okay. my point about being at home. <laughs> okay, so we've all got different results for that one, so that'll be interesting when Stephen wins it and we all cry again. Uh, Bournemouth, <laughs> Bournemouth versus Tottenham. Stephen, we'll start with you so I can copy your result. Yeah, every time <laughs> I, every time I put my faith in Bournemouth, they've let me down. So I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I made it twice. I'm not going to make it again. I'm going to say two 0 to Tottenham. Okay, I'm going to put my faith into Bournemouth again, even though they've always let me down. Um, Bournemouth need to win. They really need to win. And I think if, they're, if, they're, if there's a top team they want to play at the moment, out of, say, the supposedly top six, it's Tottenham. Um, and Spurs, I think this will sort of put the final nail in their coffin. So I'm going to go 2-1 to Bournemouth to just make that relegation battle a bit more interesting. So Bournemouth to win 2-1. Anthony? I'm going for one 0 to Spurs. I like to say I don't think it's going to be an exciting game. I don't think either team played the most exciting for Borough now. So yeah, one 0 I'm 
say, in 52nd minute or something silly like that. Right. Okay. Shame to see you both back as first. I'll be the romanticist for that game then. Um, moving on, Villa. <laughs> we can see why you're in last place, Matt. <laughs> yep, true. Uh, Villa, Villa versus Man United. Okay, that one's much more straightforward for this one. Man United to beat Villa 3 1. Stephen? I'm going to say 5 1. Woo! I think Bruno Fernandes yes. has been so good recently that they are just been. going to bang in the goals against. Yeah. You all know my thoughts on Villa. I don't like them. I think they're crap. So. <laughs> Jack Grealish to switch sides halfway through the game. <laughs> See, like I said, United, they've been getting lots of really high score lines recently. And I'm scared that I'll predict they'll get a really high score line and then win. Like, they'll still, I still predict them to win and they, I'm sure they will. But like, I'm worried I'll predict 4 now and it'll be 1 now. So. Yeah. I'm going to go, yes, screw it. I'll gamble 4 now. 4 now United. Okay. Watford versus Newcastle. Stephen. Oh, God, that is going to be a stinker, isn't it? Jesus Christ. It's going to be an absolute poo. <laughs> I'm going to say nil-nil, honestly. You said yeah, Newcastle have been scoring quite a bit since the, since been, the they return. They have been. They have been. I think they've, yeah, they've scored quite a bit. So, you're going nil-nil, yeah, Stephen? Yeah, I think it's going to be a nil-nil. Fair play. And Watford need a win, but... Uh, it, what did I predict for the Watford game before this? I predicted Watford to win that game. So I'm going to go for 2 0 to Newcastle. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for 1 all. Um, I think Newcastle don't have much to play for, but it could still be tough. But yeah, no, I'm going 1 all. Uh, Norwich versus West Ham. I'm also going for oh, 1 all in that game. 1 all, Norwich versus West Ham. I think West Ham might melt under the pressure. Anthony? 1 0, West Ham. Fair dues. Stephen? Not much more to say. I'm going to have a little bit more faith and say 2-0 to West Ham. Um, Liverpool versus Burnley. It shouldn't be an easy game for Liverpool, but I think it will be. And I'm going to go 4-0 to Liverpool. Even though Burnley, of course, have been playing well. Um, Anthony? 2-0. 2-0 to Liverpool. Stephen? I'm going to say 3-1 to Liverpool. Uh, Moving on then, we're going to go to Sheffield versus Chelsea. Um, I predicted Chelsea to win 2-1 in their game away to Palace. I'm going to be optimistic again, and I'm going to say 2-1 away to Sheffield. M- me being optimistic. <laughs> uh, Stephen? I'm going to go for a one-all here. Um, game. Yeah. Curse of Stephen is going to come back to haunt me. <laughs> oh, I really don't know. I think Chelsea have got a slip up somewhere. I mean, they've already slipped up against West Ham, haven't they? Um, yeah. They've got to slip up somewhere else, though. They've <laughs> got Liverpool and Wolves still to play. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, I'm going to join you, Matt, and I'm going to go 2 1 to Chelsea. Yay. Right. Brighton versus Man City. Stephen? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'm going to say 4 0 to City in this one. Oh, and my God. Uh, I'm going to go for 3 1 to City. I'm going to go 2 0 to City. Um, but yeah, it seems, we all seem to see him win that. Wolves versus Everton. This game could be fun. Anthony? Yeah, this actually could be a really fun game. Um, I'm going to go for a bit of an interesting score and go 3-2 to Wolves. 3-2 to Wolves. I'm going to go for 2 all. Uh, but yeah, we're all seeing goals. Stephen? Anthony, you stole the idea right out of my head. I'm going to say 3-2 as well. 3-2? Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, Villa versus Crystal Palace I'm going to be oh. a bit different in this one um, the, 
even though Stephen hates them, I'm going to go for Villa to win 2-1 against Crystal Palace, just to, just to add a bit more spice to the old relegation battle. Stephen? I'm going to go for a one all here. I think this is going to be a boring game. Not getting your It probably will be. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'd agree with that. Anthony? I think it's going to be one now to Villa. One up to Villa. Blimey. Mm-hmm. So two of us back in Villa. Um, another very interesting game, Spurs versus Arsenal. Anthony. A great mid-table clash. <laughs> oh, love it. What are you saying, Ed? <laughs> um, it's, it's Spurs at home. I'm going 2-1 to Spurs. Yep, you've taken the words out of my mouth. Um, I just think, even though they haven't been playing well, it would be just the most Mourinho thing ever to go and beat Arsenal. So 2-1 to Spurs for me. Stephen? I'm going to say 3-0 to Arsenal. Blimey. Wow. You don't want Spurs to fair time. If you get to that, then I'm going to retire. If, Spurs beat, if oh, Arsenal beat Spurs 3-0, I will retire. <laughs> oh, I think Aubameyang versus Aurier. Oh, my God. That is a horrendous battle. Suppose, yeah, but Aubameyang yeah. feeds Loris. I suppose. <laughs> okay, look, we'll move on to our final game then. Another one which could be interested in my in my books. Bournemouth versus Leicester. Um <laughs> so two nil to Leicester. Two nil to Leicester. Need, they need to start playing. I don't know actually. Because they're they're both two teams that have not been doing well. I know. And they both mm-hmm. need the result, realistically. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say two one to Leicester. Not gonna take the risk here. I want, I want, yeah. Yeah. Bournemouth have always let me down I want to pick you Bournemouth but you just let me down all the time so I'm going to go Leicester 2-1 I'm, I'm so gutted I'm still going with my heart and I'm still clinging on to Bournemouth's hopes <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely gutted that you took off Leicester but I'm going to go for one all. I'm going to go for one all. I'm just I don't know what it is about Bournemouth but I just really want them to stay up and it, it comes back to bite me every week but this will be the last week of me defending Bournemouth so yeah final game of this prediction week Bournemouth-Leicester one all in my books and that, ladies and gentlemen, is all that we've got time for this week. Um, so I want to thank just gonna, Anthony. Just going to quickly throw in my goal of the week, being Che Adams against Man City. That's all I've got to say. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's, there's Anthony's goal of the week, everybody. Che Adams. <laughs> oh, yeah, but no, we'll wrap it up there. So uh, and thank you for that. And thanks for joining me uh, again. Stephen, thank you for joining me. Thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, Thank you for running me through the week and stuff as well. Um, you, you really made that much more clear, actually, um, the way you just... you. Uh, well, hopefully you guys it. now kind of understand it a bit more as well. Again, yeah, there's, yeah. look into it yourself too. This is very complicated. I didn't cover everything. I just tried to cover as much as I could in the time we had. So look into it yourselves. And just want to make it very clear, they're all allegations, so please don't sue us. Lovely. Our championship expert, everybody. Um, we want to encourage everybody to keep looking at our work on the Off The World podcast and also the end-to-end online website, which we will uh, be updating hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, I'll be uploading my power rankings weekly and I should be uploading a piece on some American football stuff in the coming days for you, any uh, American football fans listening. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Cheers. Have fun. Stay safe. Watch the football. Stay indoors. Sweet. Adios amigos. <laughs>